Wait, and uh, didn't didn't you already do this bit? Didn't you do this bit with Justin? No, no, no. What I said with Justin was uh, was uh, you know the one from the teaser trailer. I forget it. You know, I forget things. Uh, oh, were you doing a bit? I was doing a bit. Yeah, oh. was, we were trying to do like two bits. Ah, oh, at sorry. the same time. It didn't what? work. That's fine. It happens. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone outside and in between, welcome, welcome back, back. back. Uh, yes, I hope you all got that reference. It was from exactly a year ago. Yeah, a classic. Um, uh, Endgame. Remember Endgame? What remember Endgame? Remember going to the movie theater? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Fucking remember being on escalators? Yeah, remember being <laughs> on escalators? <laughs> that legitimately, like, every time I think about that makes me laugh. It's gl- so funny. Well, it's the you? funniest joke. How are you, Sam? I'm doing I'm doing all right. Uh yeah, you know. Day, what is this? Day 38. Good lord. Oh, fuck me. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Whatever. Who cares? How are you? You know, you know, I'm doing good, doing well. I'm just, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm losing my mind, but you know, I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad we're recording the podcast. Sam, yep. even though we're apart, we have to record this podcast, whatever it takes. Wait, wait, didn't you, didn't you just do this bit? You, you did this bit with Justin. No, 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 no. Me and Justin did the bit from, uh, you know, from uh, the Super Bowl trailer, the teaser trailer, you know. Yeah, that. Oh, was was that a bit? Yeah, sorry. We were trying to do like two bits at the same time. It didn't work. That's okay. Like it happens. Uh, Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone outside and in between. Welcome welcome back. back. Um, Yes, that was a nice... That was a nice uh, the reference to last year's episode. Yeah, a year ago we did Endgame. Well, Sam, how are you? You're breaking. How are you? You're Sam? breaking, Sam. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, we're done with this bit. <laughs> <laughs> Call me the this regular was Jimmy Fallon. Call me this the was Jimmy your Fallon. bit. You were so. Like I, we're gonna do it, and it's gonna be great. And then you broke. <laughs> well, no matter what, we have to record this podcast, whatever it takes. Groundhog's Day. I'm not doing. I'm not doing it a third time. Groundhog Day. Groundhog. Groundhogs. All my hogs. All the ground. We saw the movie Bill Murray's. 1993. 1993. Groundhog Day. We saw it. Well, Mr. Saw Sam. It. Watched it. What'd you think? Uh, I mean, this movie's a classic. And it's a classic for a reason. It's a good film. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It's uh, it's good. It's a good time. I, I very much uh, enjoy Groundhog Day. It's not a movie that I like. I haven't watched this movie in years. Yeah. But it's just like, someone's like, you know what movie I want to watch? Groundhog Day. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. No one has ever said that, but it's still a good movie. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. 
Um, what did you think? I well, for 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 people who follow us on Twitter, if you don't, you should listen to the end of the episode if you want to find out where. Uh, recently, I was I saw someone tweet their five perfect movies, what they thought were the perfect movies. I was thinking, and I made my list. All all my buds made their list. Um, and then I watched this movie, and I was like, yo, is this one of those perfect movies that just, <laughs> it knows what it is, it knows what they're trying to do, and they do it perfectly on every level. Yeah. Is it, you know, the world's greatest movie? No. But it's a darn good hooting time. Yeah, um, it's a, what is it? Sure, it's Heckfire. It's good. Exactly. Um... And yeah, it was a lot of a lot of fun. I think this movie's like a lot deeper than just a '93 comedy with Bill Murray should be. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, and yeah, we're about to talk about it. <laughs> we're gonna talk about it. Uh, we wanted to start with cast director Mr. Harold uh, Ramis. Harold Ramis, Egod, I believe. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh. Man, oh man. He's written and directed a lot of good movies. Yes, he has. Um, yeah, uh, Harold Ramis, uh, obviously known for uh, like being in Ghostbusters and, and doing all that sort of stuff. Uh, but he's written a lot of very funny stuff from that sort of late 80s, early 90s era. Um and uh yeah i mean it's harold ramus what what can you say yeah he's great passed away i'm glad his last joke that he passed away at 69 uh that's great yeah no he he helped build comedy from the late 70s to the early 90s like that's incredible yeah i mean i mentioned last week ghostbusters is i think probably my favorite comedy yeah, exactly. And he helped write that, right? Him and yeah, Dan. Yeah, he was one of the writers. Yeah. Um and I think specifically with the direction in this, I think it's very good. It makes seeing the same thing over and over again, it feels refreshing. And yeah. I also believe he wrote this with someone as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, him and Danny Rubin. Mm-hmm. Um uh they wrote the uh, script together as well. But yeah, I it's it's really one of these nice nuggets of comedy that I'm glad exists. I personally think this is his best thing. I know a lot of people disagree, but uh, he has Danny Rubin hasn't done a whole lot of stuff actually. Mm. It's a couple things here and there, um, but yeah, this is this is like Harold Ramis, like just ooh boy. Yeah, this is uh, peak Ramis. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and he has a lot of good stuff. Yeah, he, but he does a really good job. Um, I definitely, I agree that the, um, like seeing the, the, what you said, the seeing the same thing, but it's still refreshing every time. Mm-hmm. I think that's also it, like not just Harold Ramis, like killing it in the directing, but obviously Bill Murray's performance. Of course, yeah. Uh, gets you through. Um this was actually the first time that I'd ever noticed. I don't want to like this movie is amazing. Like, don't get me wrong, but there are small inconsistencies of in course. the timing of some things, which yeah. I thought was really interesting. 
of just like of just like it's clearly just a mistake like there's no meaning behind it but i just thought it was it was the first time that i had ever gone like oh that's not quite right yeah just the timing of like when things are happening compared to how fast bill murray is moving through the events was like always just was a couple times just a little off and i was like oh weird it but was just, interesting. It was just interesting. It's not a CinemaSins dig, yeah? <laughs> no, fuck CinemaSins. Uh, <laughs> but I just thought it was, I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, I mean, they do a good jo- good job, Harold. <laughs> Killing good it. Good job, Harold. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the writing. Okay. Real quick. Um, the writing, the script to this movie reminds me, this is going to sound weird. It very much reminds me of the Truman Show. I get it. Not only because like it's one guy who's like you know the only one who knows what's going on or is learning what's going on or whatever, but it's like the Truman Show. That script is so hard to mess up. Like almost any, you give that script to almost any director, and it's probably going to be a good movie. Like, it's really hard to fuck it up. And I think Groundhog Day is another script that's sort of like that, where it's just like, you give this script to just about anybody, and they'll probably make a good movie. Because mm-hmm. it's I, yeah just such a tight and well-written script that it's like, I think it's just really hard to fuck it up. And both those movies, Groundhog Day and Truman Show, are like, the best people got involved, and so those movies are incredible. Um, but that's, they. I was watching it, and they, I, I, just kept thinking about Truman Show. No, there is a very uh, clear correlation between Groundhog's Day and Truman Show. Uh, it's interesting how one's just a nice 90s comedy and the other is a prestige piece. Yeah. I think, you know, hypocrisy of the world, but whatever. <laughs> um, <coughs> yeah, no, it is. It is a very, very, as I say, Tight. It's a very tight script. Tight. Um, yeah, originally, I remember seeing like a Cinefix episode of Groundhog's Day. And originally, the script opened with Phil already being an indie cycle. It opens oh. like he was like, I've already done this a hundred times. Bleh. I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, yeah. And I think it works better for the story overall, but it would have been interesting to see it that way. Yeah, just start in the in the shit. Yeah, I mean, you always sort of have to. I mean, it's a it's a convention of for a reason of like the person who has to learn about the world. Like you can't do Lord of the Rings without a Frodo there, so that the characters can explain to Frodo how elves work but also they're just explaining to the audience. Like you need a character to dump your exposition on. And this isn't the same, but like in that similar vein of like, you need someone to, to show us how the world works so that we get it before we can go off and do this crazy shit and get the ring to Mordor. What's the elven word for friend Gandalf? You said that that was the first line that popped in my head. I don't know the elven word for friend, so I can't help you. Are you Gandalf? Yes. Um, that was a visual bit, just for our Facebook, our FaceTime. 
Yes, just for That's us. That's not a bit even for anything. And you'll uh, never know, audience. Hee hee hee. Um, talk cast? about this cast. Can we talk about my boy, Michael Shannon? Michael Shannon as a little boy? As, as a little baby boy. He's excited as about race, WrestleMania. Hell yeah. That was it. He's, he's so excited about, about I was so excited to see him. WrestleMania. I th- to to think like you can you can draw a direct line from Groundhog Day all the way to Shape of Water. Exactly. Isn't that wild? <laughs> Hard one. Bill Bill Murray to to Doug Jones. Easy. Shape of water. <laughs> Done. Shut down. <laughs> Shut down, my guy. Uh this movie has a couple people. Uh I think I mean everyone does like a good job. Yes. There's a lot of bit parts. They all do a good job. But uh I was like so surprised because again I haven't watched this movie in years. I was so surprised when Chris Elliott and Steven Tobolowski. Tobolowski? I don't know. Uh the camera guy and Ned the pinhead or whatever the fuck his yeah. nickname was. Ned Ryan. When they showed up, I was like, oh my god, it's 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 those guys who I've seen in a bajillion things forever. Yeah. Two very uh, great character actors. Yes, absolutely wonderful. And I think they do a good job in this. I want to say sure as heck fire like all the time now. Please. Because I sure as heck fire remember you. I'm like, <laughs> I hate you, but this is so good. Please do. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I think they do. They both do a good job. What, do you have anything to say about our lovely character boys? Uh, no, they're both funny, especially Ned Ryerson. He's great. Yes. Whoa! I love that. He he gets that like perfect like annoying dude you knew in high school voice. Yeah, just his voice. I hated. You know, Ned <laughs> Phil Phil. Oh my god! I, it's great. What can I say? <laughs> so good. Um, and then uh, the our our two mains, our leads, our romantic leads, Andy McDowell and uh, Bill Murray. Yes, yes. Um, with 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 my with my girl Andy, I love her. I think she's great in this. I I'm big big fan. Yeah, she does a really good job. Um, it was, it was funny. Like, uh, I thought, I mean, I don't know if you thought this was funny. I thought it was funny when, uh, you could hear her, her Southern accent come in when she got emotional. Yes. I thought that was really interesting of like, she spoke, she clearly was putting on like the, uh, uh, general American for like a while. Mm-hmm. But then as the story gets more emotional, you hear her southern drawl come in, and I was like, ooh, she's getting real heated. Exactly. That's what it, it's... I don't know if, again, actor, director, writer, or all three. Um, but it's just a nice, subtle touch. I don't even know if it was on purpose. Yeah, or just the fate of the movie gods. Yeah. Yeah, but, just the fate of the movie gods. That's uh, that was actually the original name for episode nine. Did you know that it was Duel of the Movie Gods? 
Duel. <laughs> Duel of the Movie Gods. Hey-ha! Oh, God. Written and directed by J.J. Abrams. Can we do a... Can we... I'm sometimes sorry. Off track. Um, That's, welcome back, baby. Yeah. Can we watch the sequel trilogy together and do one big retrospective at the end of the year before Tips and Tops? Because I just, the more I think about Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi, and Force Awakens, I'm just like, it's everything I love about movies and then everything I hate about movies encapsulated in this specific franchise. Uh, If you don't want to go through Rise of Skywalker again, I get it. Maybe not this year. I need more distance from that movie before I'm not just like angry. Yeah, especially I mean like I would love to watch it like together anyhow and do it back to back to back. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I definitely need I would need I need talk to me next year. Talk to me this time next year and we'll see I well, guess how that goes. I just Anyway, welcome back. Um, Eddie McDowell's great. She and is great. She's lovely. I haven't actually seen her in a whole lot of stuff. She's um, in Mr. Bob, yeah? With Michael Keaton? When did that come out? <laughs> 80s, 90s. Late 80s, early 90s. It was like Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton before Beetlejuice and Batman. No, she was not. Ah, GGs. But she did this pretty early on in her in her movie career, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of cool. She was in Muppets from Space. Yes, she was. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen her in a whole lot of other stuff but uh she's she's great and also every time i I have seen her i'm like good job andy yes i mean i feel the same way i bet if i look through imdb imdb uh i'd be like oh yeah i remember her this and this and this but i remember list say again it's a long list yeah but i remember her from this and not just her character i know her name like yeah it shows you again the strength of acting the you, you can do anything because I feel like a lot of people can dismiss this as just a the girl role, and it's like I don't know, I get it, but also you remember her, you you yeah. see she brought so much to that character. Yeah, I if if someone mentions Andy McDowell, I think Groundhog Day. Yeah, Which, immediately. Yeah, but Goes Bill Murray, I don't. Bill Murray, I just I think Bill Murray. Yeah, he's that's done true. So many things, but like Groundhog Day, I really anchor with Andy McDowell. Even if someone says Groundhog Day, I think probably Andy McDowell and then Bill Murray. Yeah, just because of the way things are sort of like linked up in my brain. I mean, probably me too. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, the the comedy legend, the the King of Chicago himself? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so the guy who will. Uh, bartend and only serve tequila. I have we talked about will, Bill Murray, the guy who will st- steal your fries and then walk away. 
Has as uh has he have we talked about him yet? Is this the first one? No, I think we probably mentioned him in Zombieland. Yeah. But I mean now's the time. If we're ever gonna talk about Bill Bill Murray. Now's William time. Murray. I should watch Zombieland. Those are so comfy movies. I need this. I should I, watch I, Zombieland. Yeah, Zombieland's a Zombieland's a good time. Like a warm sweater. <laughs> um, uh, but Bill Murray, you know him. You love him. He's he's great. I mean, up there with like James Dean and Marilyn Monroe for s- iconic celebrities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the one of the most iconic uh, actors of like his generation. Yeah. And what do you what do you think about him in this? Uh once again tying this back to uh Truman Show, I sort of in the way that I I personally feel that Truman Show is like Jim Carrey at his best. Mm-hmm. He's so I mean, look, Jim Carrey's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I love Dumb and Dumber. I love Eternal uh, Sunshine. Man on the Moon. I love, I haven't seen it, uh, but Jim Carrey's amazing. We know this, but my personal favorite is Truman Show, followed yeah. very closely by The Grinch. Uh, Jim Carrey, at his best, I think is Truman Show, in a very similar way that I think Groundhog Day is Bill Murray at his best. I mean, obviously he's amazing, Lost in Translation, fucking Life Aquatic, like all these different movies. Ghostbusters, obviously. Caddyshack. But I really, yeah, I really feel, like, for me, I think Groundhog Day is, like, peak Bill Murray. I totally get that. Um, It's funny. Me me and the roommates are watching The Last Dance. Have you heard of The Last Dance, Sam? No. This is the Michael Jordan uh, documentary series. About okay. him in his final year. Oh, the one, uh, the one, the Netflix one. Uh, yes, it's actually on ESPN, but yeah, um, whatever, whatever. I had a funny story to say, but it'd be too long. I'll tell you. You know what? Bonus episode. Remind me. Bonus episode. Okay. <laughs> um, but we were watching it and watching Michael Jordan play basketball. There's such a difference between a great black basketball player and then, as the kids say, the goat. A great basketball player, you see and you're like, oh man, they're good. They're great. Oh my God, how did they do that? It's amazing. A goat, you watch them and you go, oh, I can do that. It's so easy. I can do that. And that's Bill Murray's performance in this. You're like, oh, I can do that. No, 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 you can't. No, no, no. There's only one Bill Murray. You didn't say the magic word. (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, no. Um. And yeah, he is just, it's effortless of how charming and funny, how pathetic and annoying, how you feel all these emotions and it feels just so natural. Feels like he's not trying. Yeah. Uh, But in a good way, not like uh, uh, Robert De Niro and X movie from the 2010s. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I love Robert De Niro. Irishman, one of the best performances of all time, but I digress. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, it is outstanding. I think this is like one of the great comedic performances. For sure. For sure. It's up there. It's it's wild how good he is. Yeah, it is really, really, really good. And good on it. Good on him. Um, But this actually brings me to a point that I wanted to bring up. Um, yeah, what's up? Is he past the point of redemption, Mr. Phil? Bill Murray? What do you mean? Well, no, because he redeems himself. <laughs> in the, he literally does it in the movie. So my roommates, uh, Justin Lupita, do not like this movie at all. And what? It's kind of their thing Andrew? is that. What was that? Sorry. Andrew, yes. why are you friends with them? <laughs> um, if they don't like Groundhog Day, how can you be friends with them? How can you trust them? No. Um, how can you trust them with anything? <laughs> no, they think that he's just such a unlikable jerk at the beginning. And they, and then he comes around, and he becomes a good person because he has. Because what else is he gonna do? They feel like it's not earned, and I get that point. And also, another thing is, I feel a little hypocritical too, because I like this performance. I think he does grow. I don't like Lady Bird. I don't like Scott Pilgrim. I don't like Steve or uh, National Aquatic. Steve Zazu, whatever the whatever the life aquatic of yeah, there you go. Because of that, because I feel like the characters aren't redeemed at the end. So well, because they in all those movies they kind of aren't. Like Lady Bird is still kind of annoying at the end of that movie. Scott Pilgrim is still kind of a like asshole at the end of that movie. They have the there those stories aren't about them redeeming themselves and becoming better people. Whereas this story is very much like, Hey, you're an asshole. So you're going to be tortured until you figure out how to not be an asshole. Yeah. Um, this also brings me up to another thing. How long do you think he was in there? Years. Years. Like, give me a number, like a specific number. I want a number. (laughs) I would say 15 to 20 years. I think it's like 60 or 80 years. I think he was in there. It could be. Like, it could be. It could be any. Because, like, they. It's so unclear. And I kind of love that it's so fucking unclear. In the same way that uh, Edge of Tomorrow or Lived I Repeat also sort of does this. um, Where there's that scene, minor spoilers for Lived I Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, Also spoilers for Groundhog's Day. I keep forgetting. We're in quarantine. I apologize. No! Spoilers! uh, It's because there's no new movies. (laughs) Um, uh, But there's that scene when they get to the house and they're in the like garage and Tom Cruise starts making coffee uh, and he knows exactly where the coffee is. And he knows exactly how Emily Blunt likes her coffee. And she sort of stops and asks like, how many times have we been here? And you realize that like, we aren't seeing every single loop. Yeah. We're seeing just the important ones sort of along the way. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Groundhog Day where it's like, 
and I love that. There's there's a couple. There's that moment. I think the first one that happens is when he robs the bank, and he's like sitting there and he just counts down each event. And I'm like, oh, you have been doing this every day for weeks. Yeah, it's to get this exact thing down. Three, two, one. Um, but to to go back to that. So yeah, it could. I mean, it could be, could be two hundred years. Who knows? Yeah, could be. I think there's an interview where it was like Harold Ramis said he was there for a decade. Bill Murray thinks he was there for just a day. The other writer thought he was there for like thirty years. There was someone else, like a producer, said he was there for like a thousand years. Yeah, people are all over the place. I think your brain would break for a thousand years. I mean, he does, like, learn how to very masterfully play jazz piano. And not everyone is Ryan Gosling. <laughs> he still, it still wouldn't take a thousand. You could take the person whose brain is literally a brick. It'd probably take him, like, 80 years to figure it out. <laughs> a thousand? I don't know, man. But who knows? It could be. Um, and to talk to like, and to get to know every single person in the town, that takes time. Yeah. Um, do you think this movie is also dated well? I think, like for the most part, yes. Yeah. There are a couple things here and there that I'm just like, oh, that's a little all right. Yeah. Uh, and I, mean, I can't really point them out other than just like the general it was 1993 ness mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I think so. What about you? I think so. I've just been thinking about this a lot. You know, just sitting in a room thinking. Um, yeah. yeah, I uh, uh, did I mention this last week? I, I watched The Hangover. Oh, hey. Uh, this week. Or last week. I don't know. At some point, I watched The Hangover. Yeah. And that movie, even though it came out like 10 years ago, a lot of it is very dated. Yeah, I bet so. And Um, compared to a movie that came out goddamn 30 years ago, it's wild. That is wild. Good lord. Yeah. Another quick tangent. What did I... Now I remember, but still a quick tangent. I remember when I was young and seeing movies like celebrate their like seventeenth anniversary, and now I'm this age and they're celebrating their like fortieth, and I'm like, "What? Yeah. I thought you were 17. <laughs> Never mind. That's how math works. Oh god, that's how, that's how time works. That's um, how it be, baby. Yeah, because I think I have like the Blu-ray, and it says like the 15 year anniversary of Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have the 30th anniversary of back to the future and i'm like horrified for when they're like it's been 50 years and i'm like i, I don't think so four years oh, an odd reference what? to make <laughs> i apologize what was that what what even is that so david harbour hosted saturday night live and there's a sketch with him uh amy bryant and kate mckinnon and they're all like old timey 60s uh folk music stars and they were singing a song and it was four years and 
Amy Amy Bryant and and Kate McKinnon have lovely singing voices. David Harbour does not. Uh, and he sings four years. Four years! So all three of us have just been walking around and suddenly we go, four years! <laughs> this happened in like October, September. <laughs> but we still do it. I think it's Time Amy has no Bryant, meaning. not Amy. So excuse me. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, I think, I mean, like, of course, to be a broken record, I'd love to see some brown people, but I it's 93. What do you want? Um, I, I've just been thinking about, like, what movies will be outdated? Like, Gone with the Wind. I grew up with Gone with the Wind being a classic my entire life. My kids will not grow up thinking Gone with the Wind is classic. Because God no, with the Wind not. is high-key racist. Um, yeah, it is. And I'm just thinking about what other movies will do that. What other movies will in- endure. Will one day Wizard of Oz not be a classic because there's no brown people in it? It's still a nice, wholesome, sweet story. But I'm just thinking, you know, this was just a thought I had earlier this week. I just want to I mean, like, this. if... If you're gonna start cutting out movies because people in the in back in the day were racist and didn't cast any people of color, then any movie before like 1970 is gone. Exactly. Yes, this is the point. I'm just. This was a thought I had, and now I'm watching older movies. Like, is this? If if you know, if any character. If any female character is completely objectified, no matter if it's the entire movie or just a um, segment in the, in the film, will it not be a classic anymore? I'm not saying yeah. this as like, will it not be a classic? This is America. It doesn't. I'm not saying it like that. I'm just <laughs> I'm thinking out loud. Am I? Is it? Does it? Does it show yes. that I'm losing my mind, <laughs> or am I hiding it well? <laughs> no, uh you're not. Um it's okay. Uh Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I guess I haven't watched enough of those old movies. Mm-hmm. Like I remember we stopped doing it, but we started but for there was a chunk of time where I was going through Letterboxd year by year just seeing all the movies and trying to find the oldest movie I I had ever seen. Yeah. I think it's Wizard of Oz. I don't think I've seen a movie older than Wizard of Oz. Mm. I think. I don't know. But I'm Who pretty knows? sure. Yeah. I'm guessing. Because I haven't seen a lot of movies. Like, I haven't seen really any movies from back then. From the back fucking... in the day. I haven't seen, like, It's a Wonderful Life. I haven't seen Citizen Kane. I haven't seen Maltese Falcon. You know. Highly recommend I haven't seen any. I haven't those. seen any of them. So who knows? Yeah. Next Christmas, maybe I'd, well, I'd love to do it. It's a wonderful out? life. Did I've seen Twelve Angry Men? I'm guessing that's probably newer than Wizard of Oz. It. I'm pretty sure it. It came out before. No, or after. Excuse me, after Wizard of yeah. Oz. Because Wizard of Oz that was pre World War Two. <laughs> that was like 36, yeah. I believe. Okay. Yeah, could be. I think Wizard of Oz is probably 
the oldest movie I've ever seen. And then there's like a good chunk of time where I just haven't seen any movies. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think Groundhog's Day is outdated. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Do you th- uh, here's a, a lot. The, the, you can connect. Is Groundhog Day a dated movie all the way to uh, Gone with the Wind is high key racist? Yeah. I guess that was the only bit of information. Like, yeah, it's, it, but I. How promiscuous, uh, Mister Mister Bill Murray is in this movie, is kind yeah. of just thrown away. But in the musical, the Groundhog's oh. Day, the musical, it's not really. It, they mention it, and they mention that that's a big part of why he's a scumbag. Uh, I mean, they do a lot of other stuff that kind of is is tone deaf in other ways. So I don't know if that really makes it i don't know if that fixes any problems no i'm not i don't think it fixes or cause or or in in my mind causes any problems it's just again timing how how we how we reflect back on art and film and and paintings and whatnot yeah man i fucking hate that musical i as i said i borderline love that musical so let's talk about groundhog's day the musical 2017s. Yeah. Fuck if I know. Um, you can, you yeah, can start uh, off. What? You can start off. Okay. Uh, I saw it with my ex-girlfriend. Um, she was a very big fan of uh, Tim Minchin, who wrote uh, the music and songs for the musical. Um, and she bought us tickets Um in the last couple weeks before it closed, I think yeah. it had like three more weeks ish when I saw it. Maybe maybe a little more, maybe a little less. I can't remember. In that last sort of month before it closed, um, and we saw it, and she adored it, uh, and I wanted to leave. I hated it. Um, I didn't want to see it in the first place. I don't like this whole Broadway um, thing of let's make an eighties movie into a musical. Uh, I don't think that has, I don't think it's ever worked. I don't think there's a single movie that has been turned into a musical for Broadway that has worked in that way, uh, in the way that they're doing it now with groundhog day and back to the future and, uh, pretty woman and Heather's and Beetlejuice and, all these different things. I heard Beetlejuice is like good, but I just hate the idea of it in general. Heather's yeah. is pretty good. I think Heather's is fine. I think Heather's only has like two good songs and mm. or three good songs, and then you can bounce. Well, maybe four. <laughs> See, the more you think about it, the more you're like, wait, because it's because it's beautiful. It's the opening number. Heather's has the opening number, beautiful, which slaps. Seventeen, which slaps. Um. Uh, freeze your brain. Which is like good, yeah. solid song, uh, and candy store. Can I cheat? Can I what? say the Lion King? See the Lion King. See this is this is a key difference I think between like the Lion King and like the producers, um, and those those two and uh, some of the other Disney ones, um, because like they have 
the same people involved. Okay, that's fair. They take the same people who worked on the movie The Lion King worked on the musical. They also brought in other people, don't get me wrong. But but like Mel Brooks wrote the original producers and the musical. That's completely fair. It's my problem with the star it's my problem with the Star Wars sequel trilogy. It's the, my problem with Doctor Sleep. It's I get it. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, um but anyway, go on. Yeah, so Groundhog Day saw it, hated it, uh, and I was in the minority. Like I mentioned that, and everyone I knew who saw it was like, Oh, what are you talking about? Groundhog Day is so good. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Can't deal with you. Um and before I bring up my big point, because that's a bigger talking point, um, what do you think about the musical? I, I think you saw it right before me or right after me? I saw it after you. I saw it the day it closed because I oh, wanted right, to right, see right. it so badly. And one day I showed up in sweatpants to the ticketing booth in Times Square. Remember Times Square? Remember <sighs> Remember when remember people escalators? used to bump into you and try to steal your wallet? Oh, I would I would murder a person to have that again. Anyway, I showed up in sweatpants, looking looking a mess. I was like, I don't care. I was just paid. I was like, I don't care how much. Give me a ticket. And they're like, Oh, lucky for you. There's one right in the front row for pretty cheap. And I was like, dope. Dope. Uh and they're like, Okay, cool. It's only a matinee. Go. And I was like, wait, no, I look like trash. <laughs> <laughs> and to make it even worse, when I walked in, I, I'm pretty sure I've told you this story. Uh, someone who looked at me dead in the eyes, and I looked at them dead in the eyes, and then they went in. It was John Cleese. John Cleese saw me looking <laughs> like a mess. And I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, no. This is a literal nightmare. <laughs> um, but then I saw I had better seats than John Cleese. <laughs> no, I don't, don't ever get a front row seat in in Broadway, it sucks. Never, it sucks ever. so much. It's so trash. Um, but you I, have to be like five rows back. Yes, at least that. Those are the great seats. Um, but it's true for most theaters. Sega. Sorry, it's true for most theaters. If you go see live theater, the front row is rarely the best spot. Yeah, unless it seems it's like, like it is. Sorry, it seems like it is, but it's not. Yes, exactly. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed the music. I cried. Uh, I laughed. You know, it was... I agree with you. I'm not a big fan of... In general, I just the idea of turning a movie into a play or a musical is kind of just like, come on. But I also think of what Andrew Garfield said. He was like, I am not a big fan of the Spider-Man movies that I did, but I'm glad that I do theater. And if three people go see one of the shows because they saw Amazing Spider-Man, that experience was worth it for that because more people are going to theater. And I'm... That's fair, but I still hate it. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I get that. (laughs) (sighs) art originality um but no i i really really enjoyed it loved the actors loved everything that went in went on and all that so yeah sorry i had a yawn um my issue with with 
the musical that I couldn't that I was pretty sure I was right up right to be upset about uh, when I saw the musical, but I hadn't seen the movie in a while, so I wasn't sure. But watching the movie the other day confirmed my uh, anger. Um, uh, so the movie uh, has that sequence where he tries to kill himself yes. a bunch of different times. And in the movie, that's the like act two low point. That's like when everything has gone to shit and he's just like, I have no idea what to do. And it's not comedic. I think there's like a beat of comedy when he goes downstairs and he grabs the toaster. Because that moment, that interaction is just kind of funny. Yes. But that whole sequence isn't is not played for jokes. It is played like, hey, this is a kind of he's in like this hell like he's in this. He can't escape this like this is all he can do. And, you know, he's just trying anything he can. Um, to get out. But the musical. Does an entire. Like musical number filled with comedy for that same sequence. And I think that's a huge misstep in the musical. You look like you disagree with me. Here's the thing, Sam. This show came out three years ago. I could be misremembering. Also, you might be misremembering. It's not done for comedy in the musical. It's it's one of the more serious songs grappling with how he is in in this situation. He can't get out, but he has to keep trying these different ways. Hope. Go listen to it on Spotify, everybody. I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I remember what I remember is like that audio that sequence happening, and they're doing a lot of cool. Like the thing about it was like that whole show they were doing a lot of cool stage magic a lot of cool body doubles and switches and all that sort of stuff to make it work um and do all that stuff but besides that i remember the staging of it playing comedy beats and i remember the audience like every every person in that theater laughing that hilarious well not hilarious it's just you know the word I'm trying to look for. Hopefully yeah. you do too, audience. My audience was cold silence during that entire scene. But you could feel the energy in that room. Everyone was engaged. It wasn't like everyone was checked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 re- I remember I remember like being in the theater and like being like, oh, right. There's this whole sequence in the movie where he kills himself. I think that's like a pretty serious moment. But then on stage it's like they're doing all these crazy tricks and there's like cool stuff going on and people are laughing and i'm just like what the fuck i remember being very like confused at the disconnect which happens a lot in um music modern musicals about that deal with mental health issues if it's not the uh, core moment if it's not Mm -hmm. the core of the whole thing that's happening those will often get get a lot of laughs which i 
that's a whole other issue that I take that I'm I, upset about. If you don't want to talk about it, that's more than fine. I would love to talk about it. If you don't, that's more than fine. If we don't have to, also timing. What time are we at? 50? We have like ten minutes. We don't have time for that. If we we don't have to talk. What, about uh, it. No. What do you want to talk about? I think. Uh, I think a lot of the reasons why people, because I agree with you there, not just in theater but tv shows and movies yeah. in particular even some music um a lot of the time mental health and in particular suicide is usually paid played for laughs yeah why do you think that i i i really don't know it's i really it, have no idea the first time it actually happened was the first time i i can very remember very much remember me being deeply like affected by a moment that happened on stage while everyone in the audience was laughing was uh, I saw a production of next to normal here in Edmonton. Um, and do you know next to normal vaguely? Okay. Yeah. Um, there's this song. It's sort of an upbeat song um, where the mom is going to her uh, psychiatrist and they keep putting her on different pills. Mm-hmm. Um, to try and get her out of her depression, um, and there and it comes back a couple times where like she's on these pills. Then he comes, then the doctor comes in and is like, "How are you feeling?" And she's like, "These are all the ways that I'm feeling right now." And then he's like, "Okay, cool. Well, then we're gonna take you off this, put you on this, blah blah blah." It's this whole song. Uh, it's sort of like a tango. It's sort of fun in the way that it's like interpreting that experience for her. Uh, and the song ends with the doctor coming in and being like, well, how do you feel? And she says, I don't feel anything. And he says, good. And then he walks away. And everyone in the audience, like everyone in that audience was laughing at that moment. And I wanted to cry. No, I get um, Yeah. And, and I, it just happens so much in in so many musicals especially musicals i find not i don't find it as much in plays and i don't find it as much in movies and tv probably because of just the stuff that i watch um in those shows yeah uh but i find especially in musicals yeah there is a lot of a lot of suicide and mental health issues are played for jokes and i really don't understand why i don't think it's because people are uncomfortable with it Especially with like next to normal, like that whole show is about mental health. It's an entire like two and a half hour rock opera about mental health. So I really don't know why there are so many things that are played as jokes or just come off as jokes. Yeah. Even if they aren't necessarily played for a laugh. Um, Cause I thought for a while, maybe it's because it's uncomfortable, but I don't think so. I don't think that's it. I think we've moved past people being uncomfortable with that stuff in the art form. So I don't know. What do you have? What are you, what are your thoughts? Where, I just think it, coming at this? it might be that people laugh at what they are uncomfortable with that, you know, I think they say it in the good place that every, every human is sad all the time. It might be in doses, might be a little bit or a lot. And whenever people feel that and they hear someone bring up mental health, it's just that nervous laughter that happens that like, oh, I relate to this. 
because I relate so deeply, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm just going to laugh. Ha 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 ha. I feel like it might be a distraction for some people, the laughter to not, it's what I, I feel like I say this sometimes that you just need to sit there sometimes with that feeling. Uh, one of the most infamous scenes of all time is uh, Rudy Mara eating the pie in a ghost story for 10 minutes. Because sometimes you just have to sit there and feel it. And a lot of people don't like that. And when people hear things and see things that they don't like, I feel like their their instinct is just to laugh. Just to be like, ha ha, everything's fine. Everything's okay. Everything's all right. This is, I'm laughing at it. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. I don't have to think about it. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I just, I think. But it is interesting. Maybe, maybe it's just because of the, of the sort of art that I consume and the sort of people that I talk to about art mm-hmm. that I feel like as a culture, we've sort of moved past that mm-hmm. of like, of making like suicide and mental health sort of a joke because all the people that I know are, are very much like, no, it's not a joke. Like it's a serious thing. And it's not that there can't be comedy in mental health. Like lots of comedians talk about their mental health in a very funny, interesting way. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the biggest ones that I know we'll both know all about is Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. There are so many jokes that he does that are very funny about his mental health. But then he can he does it really he does a whole thing where he flips it and then he's like, "You remember that joke that I said about my mental health? Turns out uh you're going to cry right now about it." Very fucking Swiss army man. Very Swiss army man. You're right. Um look at us fucking tying things together. Uh 8th grade. Yeah. Uh, so many things. Uh, remember when we like just sat in that lobby trying to meet Bo Burnham for like 25 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> and he hid. Sometimes I think about that and I'm just like, there's no way he would walk out. Like, there's no way. She walked out? Yeah, but it's Bo Burnham. I don't know. Is um, Bo Burnham at like a hip Brooklyn movie theater you're I don't not know. wrong yeah. you're not wrong anyway can, uh, <laughs> can i i know it's gonna make us run along can i go on a quick tangent on bo burnham what well, yeah let's do it because who cares we're in quarantine drinks oh my oh, i yeah, had an we entire talk about being in quarantine never mind bonus episode bo, bo burnham bonus episode remember that follow us on patreon if you want to hear my controversial <laughs> opinions on bo burnham you have controversial opinions about yep. Bo Burnham? And you will hear about it on, on Uncooked. Goddamn. Uh, uh, the reason I, I was the one to say, hey, I want to do Groundhog's Day because I feel You like were very excited. Funny. Because I've never related more in my life. <laughs> um, I just, do you think this is... Because it's odd, odd enough, oddly enough, so many people are asking me to recommend the movies. And I'm like, why? Uh, <laughs> it's because it's you have very much always established yourself as the movie guy. 
in Riff every situation. Rat. Street rats, I don't buy that. If only they'd look closer. Would they see a film guy? No siree. They'd find out there's so much more to... I think Groundhog's Day is so... Yeah, we're going to leave you there. What did I just say? Sometimes you just have to sit in it. Sometimes you just have to sit in it. (laughs) Um, You have... No, you have to resolve it. It's hurting me. It's hurting. It's hurting my body. I be Thank you. I just just needed that. I needed the resolve. My spine. I had a very physical reaction to you not resolving that line. Like Uh, I felt this like weird twist in my spine as you kept going away from it and not doing it. It was very strange. That's how I felt since I can't go on a train. I can't walk without a mask. Oh, dear Lord. Anyway. It's it's do you think this is a good movie to recommend to people? Do you think because I think there is a, a odd, weird, prescient like message in this movie of just kind of being stuck in your own ways, either if you feel like you're in a rut in your life or either the world's falling apart and you have to live your same day over and over again in your Brooklyn apartment. Or Edmonton uh, apartment, or anywhere. I think it depends on where they're at. Okay. Where the person's at. Like, if they're like, man, quarantine has just gotten me down. I hate this. Like, I'm just in my house doing the same shit day after day, and it's driving me crazy. I probably wouldn't recommend it to that person. Mm-hmm. Because this, for most of this movie, it's just a reminder of that. Yes. Uh, but for the person who's like, I'm just like, oh, man, I haven't, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm not doing bad. I'm not doing good. I'm just sort of dealing with it. I think that person, I would say, Hey, check out Groundhog Day. If you haven't watched it in a while, it's a good, yeah. it's a good watch. Um, Be- what I yeah. love about it is that it's very much of you're in this situation. Now what? Yeah. Are you going to just be a scumbag and just manipulate people and just be a jerk? Because you know what? You're in your house and what else? What else are you going to do? Just be, go back to your natural impulses as your crummy person. Or are you just going to be better? You're going to learn piano? Not because a girl wants you to learn piano. Because you want to do it. Are you going to be nicer? Not just so Andy McDowell will love you because... You need to love you. Yeah. And I think there's just, it's an odd, just, it was very much the pickup that I needed. So thank you, Sam, for indulging me. (laughs) Of Um, course, bud. And yeah, I, I understand what you mean with, yeah, for someone who's really down, it's very hard to be like, just wait till the last 10 minutes of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Watch the last 10 minutes of Groundhog Day. Yeah. (laughs) It won't hit as much because you didn't watch the movie, so maybe you shouldn't. Um, But yeah, I think there's just a very, very sweet, touching uh, story to have for a story that we should hear, especially 
in twenty March of twenty twenty. We're not even in March. We're in April. We're at the end of April. <laughs> Especially now in 2025. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, uh, speaking of movie recommendations, before we do our big final wrap-up yes, of, of uh, our classic thing, do you have a movie that you recommend for people to go watch right now? Honestly, and I even recommend this to you, The Last Dance is really good. It's good as a documentary. It doesn't matter if you know nothing about nothing about sports. It is nothing about nothing about nothing. It is so interesting. It is so well made. It is such a great story so far. It could fall off the 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 handles real soon, but who knows? Uh, (laughs) We're only in what two three episodes. But yeah, I would uh, really recommend. It's a series. It is a docu series. So long to watch a documentary about a person and a thing I don't care about. So here's the thing: it's not about Michael Jordan. So what it's about is Michael Jordan's final year at the Chicago Bulls. He retired, did baseball, went back, and did basketball. He was You've in seen Looney Space Tunes. Jam. Say again. He was in the Looney Tunes. Yes, exactly. He had to take a break to do all that. This is his final year. He's with the best coach ever, and he has some of the best teammates of all time. Some of the best players of all time with him. They're going to go and win the the, the finals. Except the second best basketball player to live at this moment in time is Scottie Pippen. And he is very, very uh, disrespected by the NBA organization. Jordan's the top. He's the top paid player by a lot. Scottie Pippen is like the 16th highest paid player. He And he is debatably as good, maybe a little less than Michael Jordan. And he leaves. He gets, says, F you guys. I'm going to leave because you can't do this without me. And it's about that, basically. That's the story. You said a lot of stuff that I really just, I don't care about. <laughs> I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's good. I trust you that it's a good thing, but that's like eight hours of content about a lot of stuff that I don't give a shit about. You'll, you never know. I say at least the first episode, if not that, uh, what have I been watching? Um, I've been getting into Curb more. I watch Curb. Oh, the Midnight Gospel is actually kind of sick. The one on All Netflix. Right. Um, and yeah, that's me. What about you, though? Uh, I just watched a movie. It's on Netflix. Uh, it was at TIFF, I think, last year. Uh, it's a movie out of uh, Spain uh, called The Platform. Uh, it's real weird and real good, and I recommend it to you, Andrew Thomas, uh, and to all of our listeners. Uh, I watched it with the subtitles on, uh, with the original Spanish. Uh, as a dialogue, but they do have a, a dubbed version as well. If you want to not read, not read. Um, but yeah, it's like an hour 40. Okay. Um, so it's a quick time. Yeah. It's a pretty quick little watch and it's really interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I won't give too much away, but basically uh, it's about this like prison. It all takes place in the same prison, basically in the same room. Yeah. Um, uh, there's this prison called the whole, um 
and it's made up of hundreds of levels of this identical concrete room um, with a big hole in the center. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's two prisoners on each level. Um, and every day, uh, a platform filled with gourmet food uh, and dishes, like filled to the brim, uh, starts at level one and works its way down and mm -hmm. stops at each level for like a couple minutes. Yeah. And each level you can eat as much as you want. But then like, so level one can eat whatever they want. Level two gets their leftovers. Level three gets their leftovers. Level four gets their leftovers. And it's enough food that you could, if everyone rationed, it could get all the way down. But obviously people don't do that. So by the time you get to past like level 50, there's not a whole lot of food left. And there's like 200 levels. And uh, every month, you you and your uh, partner on your level get moved to a different level uh, in the list randomly. Okay. So the movie starts in there at, I think, level 48 or 47. And then the month ends, and they're at level 171. So they're like jumping around in the sort of hierarchy of food. Uh, and it's really weird and good, and I don't want to say much more. Because uh, it's just like, just go watch it. It's <clears throat> okay, really I'll check it out. Yeah, I think you I think you and Justin Lupita would, uh, would enjoy it. I will 100% It's kind of dark. It's kind, it is like dark and weird. But it's it's a good time. Uh, my name is Sam Bannigan. And I am Andrew Thomas. Uh, you can find me at Sam Bannigan on all the social medias that I use. And you can find me. Uh, and you can find me at. Um, and you can find me. at Andrew, we um, did this bit. Andrew, we did this bit. You can find the podcast at Welcome Back Pod on all the social medias that, I, that we use, namely Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, you can uh, like and review the tracks on, on in the podcast on all the different things, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, um, all that stuff. Uh, you can join Lennox Studios uh, in supporting and uh, producing the show yeah, on yeah, our yeah. Patreon page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash Welcome Back Pod. Uh, we'll be putting out another bonus episode at the end of this month, uh, uh, episode two of Welcome Back Cooked, uh, where me and Andrew answer deep questions that we find on the internet. Yes. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, you can support us there for as little as five bucks a month. We understand. The world is a crazy place. We get it. We get it. But it's, your unemployment checks are coming up, so... Why not? Why not? We can use it. We love it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's that's all that stuff. What what can what can what else can they do? Uh, hey, listen, everyone. Truly, just tell your friends. Listen, we're in quarantine. Just tell your friends. We'd love it. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have them. We'd love to have all of us. It'd be great. We'd enjoy it. It's true. Um, and next week, we are going to 
I think it comes out this week. I'm pretty sure it comes out tomorrow. Actually, uh, we're gonna be doing our. Uh, we're gonna be talking about our boy Lewis Pullman, the king of <laughs> Jesus, the king of El Royale of El Royale, the king of Welcome Back, um, the king of Top Gun, Lewis Pullman, <laughs> Lewis Pullman, the boy of Welcome Back. We will do it. A hundred percent. He's putting out a new movie on Amazon. We're very excited. Do you remember the title? Not even a little bit. All I saw was Lewis Pullman was like, hey, this movie comes out on the 27th. And I was like, dope. Looks like we got an episode for that week. Day one, I'll be there. Day, Day one. one. Day one, Lewis. <laughs> Here's the Lewis, thing, Sam. Midnight, midnight tonight, I'm going to be popping up that Amazon Prime. I'm going to type in your name and see what happens. <laughs> Here's the thing, Sam. I might cry. You want to know why? In an alternate universe, we'd be doing Black Widow. It's true. But no. No, no, no. In an alternate no, in an alternate universe, you and Justin would be doing Black Widow, and I am in Amsterdam right now. So we might both cry. If you want to see us emotional, tune in next week. Tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs>